This call is being recorded. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, Locked On Browns, with your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, at Locked On Browns. The Twitter accounts to follow, follow back account, DMs are open. As everybody knows, best way to keep uh, all you listeners, uh, you know, in the loop and in touch with me so we can, you know, provide the best content we possibly can for all of you. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey. Make sure you are following or subscribe to the Lockdown Browns podcast and leaving those five-star ratings and, of course, the big, wonderful written reviews. Today's episode of Lockdown Browns is brought to you by the Peacock and Williamson Show. John here through the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, Brian and Matt do a fantastic job covering the NFL as a whole. Um, so if you're not having that in your rotation, now is the time to change that. We're going to sit down. He's been on Lockdown Browns before. Uh, kind of, you know, lying in the weeds right now before the next opportunity um, has taken into podcasting himself with the Nothing Rhymes with Orange podcast. And I do love the originality on a name. Sometimes a name just doesn't necessarily mean it. You don't have to be clever. You don't have to be goofy. And God knows there's 700 million. So putting Browns in the title is probably the worst thing to do if you're going to do a Browns podcast right now because you get about 275 that come up. And you have to find yourself in there. Corey Kinnon, buddy, friend, how you doing? I am not bad, Jeff. It's good to be on. It's been a while. Yes, it has been. It, it is. I mean, you know, free agency is over. The draft is over. We've got a schedule. And I think, it, and this seems to be a consensus with anybody around the Browns content, you know, right now is there's nothing. I mean, you know, like you can't, I mean, you can only put so many superlatives on. Things are great right now. Um, you, you know, we're all happy. We wake up every day with a smile. Um, we all still want our summer. We'd like to our summer, but I mean, if there was some sort of cruel thing where they said, all right, well, we're just going to turn the calendar to September right now. I think a lot of us would be like, all right, yeah, I think we could do that. For sure. It's like things we'd usually be talking about when training camp comes around. It's like my internal timer is like, well, I could talk about that now. But then what would I talk about when training camp came around? So it's like, <laughs> I, I could talk about camp battles and I could talk about, you know, projected 53 or who's going to make the roster, who's on the, the fringe, whatever. But it's like, those are training camp topics and we're in June. So, man, but it, 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 again, it is a, a catch 22 because it's nice not to have, you know, everything burning down as the season's about to start. So, yeah. Well, the other thing would also be this, the other thing this time of year would be June 1st cuts. Maybe we can get three starters this week. <laughs> right, right. Or we'd be talking about which undrafted free agents have the best chance of making the roster. Those sorts of things. It's like that's that's not happening anymore. We're not we're not we're not having any of those things. Um, most of our starting lineup is pretty set already, so uh, it's a good place to be. Yeah, and uh, you know we've been talking about it, and I you know I know Sam put out a tweet about it. Like um, the Browns, there may not be an opening for a rookie to start. Week one, if Greedy Williams comes back and, you know, everything works out well. And again, this is so weird to say because we're literally talking about rich people problems now, which, you know, the Browns have been a food stamp organization at the talent level for so damn long. But, you know, schedule out, you know, week one, Kansas City. Obviously, there's some different opponents this year, you know, going to Green Bay Christmas Day. And just the fact that the Cleveland Browns are being put on and on Christmas Day and not to just be somebody's punching bag. Like, all right, well, they're going to lose 60 to nothing. The other team's going to look great. Um, of course, you know, a 17-game schedule, so a lot of differences there with that. But, you know, 
seeing where it is. And, you know, I, I try to tell people, look, you know, and everybody, oh, well, we, you know, we might not beat Kansas City week one. That's fine. I'm more concerned about beating Kansas City week 20 or 21. I could really care less whether or not how it goes down week one. It's more going to be about a January matchup. Right. I'm more interested in how they look against Kansas City week one. So we know how they looked the last game of the season last year. How do they look compared to that? Are the receivers getting open? Does Baker have windows to throw to? Uh, has the second level of the defense improved where Chad Henney's not scrambling for 12 yards on a crucial third down? Is Kansas uh, well, Chad- City not daring them to go deep? <laughs> right, right. So, I, I, again, it would be foolish to go out and say, well, if they, they don't win this game, then the season's doomed. They're playing the Chiefs week one. So I just want to know, are they going to keep it competitive? Are they going to play well? I'm more interested in that back-to-back with the bye week in the middle with the Ravens. If they're going to be serious in the AFC North, that's kind of the, the part of the schedule where I'm like, okay, we this is where the meat is on the bone. So, uh, but week one, sure. I don't, it doesn't matter if they win it. That's great. If not, just look good, please. Just don't get blown out. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing with the, with the way the Ravens games worked out and the Ravens will have their you know, bye week earlier than that, that'll already be established and out of the way. You, you almost look at it and it was like, well, wow, this kind of went favorable for the Browns. Um, so, I mean, you literally can spend, you know, basically 21, 22 days on nothing whatsoever, but the Baltimore Ravens and, you know, if in hopes of, you know, finally getting a division title, winning this AFC North, and most importantly, controlling some destiny as far as where playoff games are being played, it still blows my mind that they, you know, you would have thought that if it was going to work this way, and look, the Ravens are more established. There's no way around it. You know, we're not, you know, that's, you know, not you know, a kick at the Browns anyway, whatsoever, but you would have felt it would have been something you would have done for essentially the prevailing big dog in the division, not one who seems to be, you know, on the comeuppance, so to speak. It is odd. It is odd. But again, more to the Browns favor, you know, spend those three weeks on trying to stop a dude who's torched you three out of the four times he's ever played you. So uh, that's not sure he's played us more than four times, but you know, stop number eight, figure out a way to, to keep those, Eight defensive backs on the field. If you look at the way the the Bills and the Chargers and the teams like that have mm-hmm. beat them in the playoffs, uh, they have the personnel to do it now. So put it together. Let's go. Yeah, because I actually even got one the other day. Well, well, how are they going to manage all of this? Who cares? I mean, like if George, if Jeremiah Wusukoromo only gets forty five percent of the snaps this year, that's probably a really, really, really good situation for the Browns to be in. And the other thing is what you're starting to see is you know other than you know Jedrick Wills, it's hey, we want to take these guys along slowly. And we want to make sure we're not putting too much on the plate. We're not burning them out. And the key paramount to all of this, which, and again, they were never in position to do this in years past with any rookie, whether you were a first-round pick, seventh-round pick, hell, some undrafted free agents, is put them in the best position to succeed. Right. I mean – you mentioned Greedy. If Greedy comes back, I mean, Newsom might not start right away. Does Newsom play nickel? Does Denzel get kicked into nickel and nickel formations? That's and a good place to be. Where, and Hill, yeah. It's a good place to be where MJ Stewart and Tavier Thomas aren't playing in the nickel. Um, but yeah, there's like no clear, yeah. there's no clear uh, path to any rookie starting. And I had this discussion on Twitter earlier today that like, even looking at the linebacker core, I wouldn't call JOK a three down linebacker. And I don't know if they have a true three down linebacker on their roster, but that's a hundred percent. Okay. We're going to have a lot of fresh bodies, which is absolutely crucial on the defensive side of the ball, especially when you're playing 
as much speed as you're going to be facing throughout the year. Uh, yeah, I would say, I would venture to say Anthony Schwartz has the clearest path to seeing big snaps out of anybody. I don't know. I mean, that's not true, I guess. They're going to get JOK and they're going to get Newsom on the field, but like, he, Schwartz, no, Schwartz bring, he just brings such an abnormality that this team, and it, which is, and it's literally the the thing that could be in a syringe that this team needs in such the most desperate way. Right. The way that I look at it is when you can bring something to a room that nobody else, nobody else has, they're going to find a role for you. Like there's a role for you. And Schwartz has something that nobody else has in that room. So, um, yeah, those first three guys, I think won't be thrown in the fire right away. So, um, good place to be. No more days of, I mean, we, we like just three years ago, we were having undrafted free agents starting week one, just three years ago. And now we're talking about first rounders, second rounders, third rounders. Uh, they'll be eased in. They'll have their, they'll, their, they'll have their packages. Uh, where would be shot for him to start in 22 or 23. <laughs> right. Right. I do think it begs an interesting question. If there is, I know they love their defensive backs, but if there is, you know, maybe a, a cut, like a cut day trade to be made or a training camp trade to be made. Well, I still don't know anything about this organization's feel on greedy Williams. Of course. Of course. And the fact that he yeah. missed time as a rookie and then uh, obviously missed all of year two. And, you know, there, you know, the issue that he has, people think it's something that he can get better, but it still pertains to be seen whether or not what's going to flare up when he actually has to physically try to tackle somebody or a tad bit of contact happens. And that's, you know, they didn't make the decision on him with his medical history. Um, we all remember who did and good luck <laughs> Detroit with that. Cause, but you know, I'm not going to pick on Detroit because I think they put some bricks. I don't think they're any good by any means, but I think that at least they, they're, they're, they're finding a way to try to assent some semblance of be good defensive line, offensive line. Yeah. We need everything else, but at least we're strong there. And at least we're deep there. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I, with Detroit, that's interesting. I like I, I think you brought Detroit up. I think they've got a good foundation for, you know, their first or second overall pick next year to come into. Your Spencer course, Rattler, I, you Sam know, Howell, you know. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Sam Howell's going to go the route of Matthew Stafford, and we'll have the same discussions again in about nine or ten years about, you know, where can Sam Howell go now where he might actually get to play a game in January. But, you know, we're going to kick – I'm going to flip it up here. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk some of, uh, you know, Corey's you know, thoughts here on the offense, then we'll flip it up with you know, some thoughts here on the defense. And if it sounds like we're like kind of like joking about like the embarrassment of riches right now, it really feels like it. And it does feel like if you're a Browns fan, like this team kind of hit the lottery. You've seen so many teams go through this for years. And, you know, you hear about, you know, the Steelers. Well, they don't know if they can keep everybody. And you were over here on the other side of it like, oh, wow, must really, really suck to have to go through that. But uh, the Browns are kind of in a similar situation right now. Um, and as far as OTAs, no, those questions are going to be answered. So if you're getting your panties in a bunch over that, folks. Uh, that is the wrong horse to be betting on. RockAuto.com, family-owned business, as I always tell you, near and dear to my heart, came from one for many, many years, serving auto parts customers online for over two decades. Go to RockAuto.com right now. You can shop for engine parts, transmission parts, parts for your interior, something as simple as floor mats. The RockAuto.com catalog is simple and easy to navigate, does not require uh, an account membership or a login. Go to rockauto.com right now. Uh, type locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know that we hear it. Locked on sent you. Again, amazing selection, 
Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online, like the New York Mets. And I'll st- keep saying the first place New York Mets because it could be dwindling away very, very quickly. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. For the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the great starting news. Uh, sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs through the playoffs to their respective possible championships. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Corey, like we said, uh, offensive side of the ball, you know, you're deep. And I did my attempts last night on Lockdown Browns to put out you know, my first 53-man roster for what I, you know, we feel will be week one. And I'll be honest, I think it went a little easier than I thought. Um, they're deep, but I, I think the key is, and this is where some people are going to have some confusion with some of these players, you know, beyond the, you know, the 11 on offense, beyond the 11 on defense is versatility is now a huge, huge thing, whether it's on the offensive side of the ball, whether it's on the defensive side of the ball. One player I highlighted who may not have a spot on this team in 2021, even though Coach Stefanski loves the idea of a fullback, is Andy Janovich. The fact that he's just a fullback, I mean, Andy Janovich has done a good job in the NFL doing just that. If you can find a way, if you're going to play a lot of two tight ends, which they want to do, if you can find a way between those four tight ends to have some of them take some fullback reps. Kareem Hunt's already done it. If you want to keep Dearness Johnson in the fold, you can maybe have him do some of that. It seems like Demetric Felton could find a role here, and they, they're at a risk here now where they can't risk players going through the waiver wire process on Labor Day weekend and hoping to cling on to them. So, in you know, the offensive line, you talk about Chris Hudson, Chris uh, Hubbard, we've already seen him do more than one thing on the offensive line. Same thing with Nick Harris. Drew Forbes, we don't know, again, a player we don't know what they think of as far as an offensive lineman, but there were times he was thought of as a guard. He was a tackle in college. You know, Hudson obviously going to get an opportunity at tackle. Um, a lot of people think maybe he projects to a guard. Um, it's so much about, you know, what else can you do? I mean, you can't just be a backup left guard. It's just not the way it works in the NFL anymore. And I think the Browns, you know, did a fantastic job setting themselves up. Obviously, we're talking offense here. But on the defensive side as well as guys who are not guaranteed starters, understanding that they can do more than one thing, which will be their cat, uh, path to hopefully getting playing time. Yeah, so specifically offense, I think they did a really good job of future planning too. So you mentioned, you know, Demetric Felton might have a role. Uh, we have an unathletic slot receiver who's might be pricing himself out that Felton might be able to take over for. Uh, Chris Hubbard, you know, has filled a right. Not today, Corey. Not today. I'm not getting there. We're not doing it. Uh, Chris <laughs> Hubbard, we've mentioned, uh, you know, has played righty snaps at tackle and guard. A fourth round pick is a great investment if, for a, a swing tackle. You know, James Hudson might might take over that Chris Hubbard role in the, in the future. Um, defensively, uh, Togiai, if Billings is only a one year guy, you know, they mentioned that, that Togiai they they see as a nose tackle. He, he can he can stuff um, the run as a nose tackle. So future casting, I think they did a wonderful job too. And I, I think you made a really good point about people who don't have. The ability to to fill multiple needs are are probably not sticking around. So, 
I don't know, Jojo Nats. We're talking about the Jojo Natsons of the roster now. Like, are they going to make it? Like, it's a good place to be, but um, like Jojo Natson, does he have a role? I mean, they want, they got him involved in like that one week before he got hurt of like jet sweeps and motions and things like that. But that seems like a natural spot for Anthony Schwartz to come over. So do they have a need for a strictly return specialist now? Do it's just, again, good conversations to have. Um, but defensively, I, I think the the big one uh, who doesn't really fit a variety of hats uh, would be 51. So even guys like mm-hmm. Elijah Lee, uh, Tay Davis, they at least can play special teams. Taki Taki, he's the starting Sam, which, you know, that's still only 10, 15 snaps a game, but he can also play special teams. You know, there's odd mm-hmm. men out who, for for worse, like your role's been filled by people who can do more than you. So... Sorry. <laughs> and it's actually funny though, because like, you know, um, you know, because you know, when you mentioned Jojo Natson, it's like, well, if if the Browns issues this year are they're not good enough in the return game, then guess what? This ain't nearly the product that we thought it was going to be. Because if that is the problem, oh good lord, were we all, you know, looking at, you know, the prettiest women in the world. And, but it was actually the Mona Lisa, and there's no way around it. Yeah, it's the most famous painting in the world, but the woman's ugly. There's just no way around it. I get it as a famous painting. Um, but on the offensive side here now, and this has obviously been the paramount key with you know, Baker where he's had his high success with the Browns and not had his high success. And maybe it helps that Odell is coming back from what he's coming back from, and the Browns are probably going to be smart and say, look, we're, you're not going to get every rep. You need to get Baker back to the take your drop, read the defense, trust in the coaching staff, the players we put on the field, we'll get it done. We don't need to feature 13. If they're not covering 13, by all means, have at it. But you are so deep everywhere and ridiculously deep as play, as far as players that can contribute throughout the passing game. It's almost like you want to put these guys out on the field and rip the numbers off their jerseys. Baker, just throw it to the guy who has the least amount of people around him. Yeah, the the return of OBJ really is going to be the icing on the cake. Uh <laughs> or it could be or it could be the 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 thorn in the side. It's still kind of the wild card, but I mean having a, a, <clears throat> they went what? Jeez, 9 weeks without a true X receiver. Mm-hmm. So having a guy a true X and not a 6 round rookie who's forced to 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 play that role uh is gonna I, I think at least for the coaches is gonna open everything up um you would hope we we can i mean we've made a lot of i guess educated excuses what i'll call them that you know oh no if saying obj is an issue is is wrong and you know obj's just never played with the established offense and it got clicking right as he went out i guess it's time to prove it now uh i tend to think that's the case as well but it, it's, it's definitely time it's go time it's time to prove that Six hasn't been trying to force it to 13 or 13 isn't in Six's head. Uh, and that really has just been a systematic thing and an established offense thing. Um, so it's either the icing on the cake or the thorn on the side. We'll find out. Yeah. One of the things, and I've been preaching about this since B- Baker's been here, is Baker played so much no huddle at Oklahoma. And now that you were so deep at the skill groups and everybody, you know, this was kind of the issue was, well, you know, sometimes you do that, but you get guys that get winded. Um, you can literally have, you know, you can go two plays, three plays, 
and go five on, five off. All right, now we're going to go hunt these two receivers, these two tight ends, or we're going to take that group off. We're going to go these three wide receivers. Uh, we'll throw in Demetri Felton for a snap. There is just so much they can do and as far as you know, personnel groupings, and literally all you got to do is point to Baker and say you got personnel grouping, six, seven, call this, call it at the line. And I think he's always been a player – and we notice this when the Browns get behind, or and even when you know Baker has you know thrown an interception, you know, or, or put the team behind, you know, basically on his own. You get him to start playing at a quicker speed and you start amping it up. A number one, he loves it because the play is, I mean, once his part of the play is over, he's already looking at the sidelines. He doesn't even know what's going on with the rest of the play. Like, all right, what's next? Let's go, let's go. But I think it also try it's now in year four, starting to say to him, hey. This is, and if you weren't sure of it up until this point, this is all about you. The reason all of this greatness is around you, and we tried to put as much as we could in the offensive line, all the skill players, is because we truly want to just make this your show. And I think this might be opportunity where they can do this and maybe dictate the speed of games more than they've ever done in his three years to this point. Yeah, having a uh, the same play caller for two straight years gives him the opportunity to take control of an offense. Well, one of these, like, oh an yeah, opportunity I knew you were that he's that. never call that. had before. He's never had an opportunity to take control of an offense before, so <laughs> uh, that he wasn't actively learning on the fly. So now that he's not actively learning an offense on the fly, uh, it will be interesting to see if Stefanski Stefanski takes the reins off a little bit because an outside zone system, and especially as meticulous as Stefanski is, is very hands-on from a coaching perspective. Uh, so it will be interesting to see how much of the reins are, are given off to six and how much are, you know, still pretty within the guardrails, pretty within the, 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 the bumper lanes. Um, it's going to be exciting to watch. Uh, again, we've never seen Baker in a, not the same offense for two straight years. So, um, yeah. It, I mean, here's on Friday night. I'm getting myself all worked up and excited. And we only have about, you know, 97 more days for this all to go down. Oh, we're going to flip it up here. Go to the defensive side of the ball here. Get some of Corey's thoughts as, you know, and, and again, we, we said, oh, we well, need a lot here. You need a lot here. You, and, you know, with what they've done in, you know, 16 months as a regime and saying that, all right, yeah, we'll turn this puppy over and we'll turn this over almost to the point of 75, 80%. And they did. And it's been really, really fun to watch. Back with Corey Kinnon here in just a minute. What is your favorite Built Bar flavor? Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors and an occasional limited time only flavor? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they are definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar lineup, well, you're missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, Peanut, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's a little something for everybody. Um, as you guys know, mint brownie for me, it's got that Girl Scout cookie taste. I'm good with that. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors, 18 bars in total. Not only are Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, they are also healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams net carbs. Go to BillPar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKS, all caps, L-O-C-K-E-D, 1515, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off 
at BuiltBar.com. Now, as the draft went on, Corey, the Browns were in the position, and we've talked about this where, you know, Joe Woods was looking to, you know, go so heavy on the defensive side of the ball as far as secondary, playing a lot of nickel, playing a lot of dime. And, you know, teams have looked at players like, you know, J- uh, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, the Cardinals for one with Isaiah Simmons. It took a little time. This is where the Browns are in a much different position. They won't have to put it all on his plate. Uh, you know, Simmons obviously played better as the year went on. Hey, what a, what a shock when you're going to ask a guy to do 275 things. Maybe week one through eight is going to be a little tough when your head is spinning everywhere when you're learning how running backs play, tight ends play, wide receivers play. Um, so it's better to ease the young man in. But I think the thing that was really cool for me with one of it was is not only did they like the versatility that, you know, uh, JOK brought, but it was like, well, if we like a guy like this, maybe we should double dip. And, you know, maybe we should get a second player like this. Oh, hey, here's Tony Fields. Oh, he's, he's played safety. He's played linebacker. He's played in two different, uh, you know, college programs. And just the overall, and Richard LeCount, we'll see how it goes. You know, there's times where at Georgia he looked good. Then there was the athleticism. And for me, it was, you know, well, well, his pro day testing was bad because he got hurt in the fall. But he's healthy now. Wait a minute. These pro day numbers we were talking about were like eight days ago. So, like, that was like the whole head scratcher where they tried to give, like, the reason for it. And it was almost like, no, 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 he's a good kid now. Well, what do you mean? He got in trouble two weeks ago. Like, I mean, what do you mean he's a good kid now? Like, so with the count, we'll see how it goes, but they're, they're deep. And when I did my final, you know, my original, you know, final 53 for week, week one, I ended up keeping 10 defensive linemen, four linebackers on paper, the two hybrids. And I think it was nine secondary players, but there's so much youth. There's so much athleticism. And again, it can be similar to the defense the offensive side of the ball where it's, we've got, you know, U5 in for this down, but guess what? U5 are coming out now. Another five are coming in. It's going to be a lot of movement, but like, as you mentioned, you know, players will be fresh each snap count. Um, but I think it's going to be just, again, with so more with smarter defined roles. And like you mentioned, MJ Stewart last year. And what did they just finally say? You know what? We don't have a choice, kid. We need you on the field. You know what? Go blitz. J- just blitz because, it's really, really difficult to screw that up. So, I mean, you know, there's just so much they can do. And even if it's Tony Fields and things are, you know, heads on a swivel and everything's not going on, that's fine. We'll either bless you off the edge, we'll bless you off the A-gap, whatever you're on the field, whatever. And just trying a way to have a guy feel a little bit of success, which is going to gain a little confidence. And once that comes, now things slow down. Now we can, okay, so, you know, here's one plate. We'll put a, we'll put a little second on your plate. Let's put a little third on your plate. And just the maturation of developing players to become you know, big-time contributors, not necessarily in year one, year two, year three, and on down the line. Yeah, I can't tell you how many different defenses like I can draw up, how many different like alignments I can draw up on those defense. Uh, to the point where, like, yeah, Tokyo will probably play ten snaps a game, maybe. Uh, you don't, I mean, I know he's weeks where maybe a Togi eye or a Marvin Wilson. Or he's an or active. Somebody. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause guys, I just don't have the room for you today. I'd love to dress all 53 of you, but the league won't let us. Right. You could slide, you know, in run situations, you could slide Malik Jackson out to big end and then throw Andrew Billings on the field. And that's still deep. We went yep. from like, even just this past season of like, you just mentioned MJ Stewart having to, to be thrown out there. Second level guys, third, like defensive linemen, 
we were still not deep to the point where we were throwing Robert Jackson started a playoff game. Like <laughs> there was absolutely no depth underneath the big guys. And now we can sit here and draw up dime under dime. Oh, like we, we can draw up all these different sub packages and uh, we, we have a bandit. We had, we have all of these different <laughs> things we didn't have a year ago. So uh, it, it's wonderful, especially for rookies. Um, I still think that Newsom's probably going to start, but I mean, Jay, okay, you're right. He isn't going to go out and start at Mike week one for the Arizona Cardinals, the way Zayvon Collins is like JOK might not come on the field in your traditional base. Like we, we're, that's where we're sitting. So, yep. um, yeah, that's similar to <laughs> Peppers, where he wasn't good in base, but once he went to nickel and dime, all of a sudden you saw like, Oh, this is a really good player. We just don't know what to do with him on first down. Right. Exactly. Then they went from scraping the bottom of the barrel to, adding eight new starters and 15 new depth pieces in one off season. And it's, it's really wonderful. So um, it seems like, you know, the windows here, the windows open. All right. All right. So we'll put you on the spot here of all the free agent editions of all the draft editions. Go top three, three favorites. You're looking forward to that. They're here. The three favorites that probably can be, you know, and maybe let's not go with a clowny type, obviously. The three favorites here to be, you know, a, a big part of hopefully taking this to the point of, yay, we won a playoff game to, yay, maybe we're playing in the AFC Championship. Yeah, yeah. So if we're not going clowny types, I, I, I assume that probably eliminates John Johnson as well. So, uh, no, nah, I don't know if it eliminates no? John Johnson because safety was such a look. How much did they put into it last year? You know, Del- exactly. They signed to, <laughs> and none of it worked because they had none mm-hmm. of them. So you know what? Now you said, screw it. We're not even going to nickel and dime this. We're going to get the best one there is available. Right. And so John Johnson's got to be number one for me, especially if we go back to what we were talking about. As we have no traditional three down linebacker, John Johnson's coming off a year with the Rams where he had the, he's the green dot. So if you, yeah. So you have a guy who's going to be on the field, uh, a guy who's smart enough to align everybody and, and get the play call in and make sure everybody's in position. That's crucial when there is no linebacker who you can count on being on the field every single snap. Uh, that And that's for the better because now we don't have BJ Goodson on the field for every single snap. But <laughs> um, so it's John Johnson. You love me, BJ. You gave us all you had, but it was time right. to upgrade. Right, right. Uh, so John Johnson's got to be number one uh, just for that. Um, and his alignment versatility is out of this world as well. Um, two... Let's go offense. Um, I'll go Schwartz. I'll go Anthony Schwartz. Um, just his because his threat is his, his, his just the fact that he is on the field. Right. There are going to be secondary marriages going. Well, we know him. We know him. Holy crap! There's the Olympian. Holy crap! There's the Olympian. And right. what if you're a veteran safety, 29 years old? You know, you're not as fast as you used to be. Wait a minute. If this assignment is me and it versus him one on one, we may have a problem. Right. And. Again, there was that one game where they tried to to stretch the run game more horizontal with JoJo Natson, and he got hurt. And then from there, it's like, all right, well, we can't do this. So we have that now. Jarvis, just get whatever you can out of it. Whatever, right. you know. I mean, at least you're smart running the ball. We know you're right, right. And but also the verticality is is the key of his game. It's the big part of his game. Um, I am very much looking forward to seeing how he expands beyond just being a one gear guy. So I talked to him pre-draft and he told me that like, I've been training. He told me he was training with Stefan Diggs and I watched building the Browns. And like, there's a part where Kevin Stefanski's like, Hey, this is that part where you need to go. You need to be at four before you hit five. 
so they talk a lot about his route tempo. So if he can, he can master not going a hundred percent right up the snap every time, but learning how to efficiently and savvily get in and out of his breaks that he could be a big time player and uh, not just, not just a hundred percent, a deep threat or a home run threat, um, which being a deep threat and home run threats, not a bad thing either. Um, <laughs> and then three, man, I... <sighs> JOK. I, I'm not going to say JOK because everybody loves JOK and everybody's thrilled to have JOK. I'll say Troy Hill. I'll say Troy Hill. And here's for why we had nickels who shouldn't be playing nickel last year. We had a special teams ace who we tried to make a nickel back last year. We had MJ Stewart. We tried to have a nickel. Good for him. And I for remember people. Well, Tavier Thomas had eight. Tavier Thomas had eight tackles. Well, that's great. That means the guy he was covering caught eight balls. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, we have a true nickel. And not only that, Troy Hill played a good amount of snaps outside the numbers too. So if it comes down to the point where a guy like Denzel Ward, who's missed games in his career, a guy like Greedy Williams has missed game in his career, a guy like Greg Newsom, who has missed a lot of games in his career, cannot go. We have a guy who can step outside and play outside the numbers as well. So, and not only that, he's a veteran, so he's not mm-hmm. 25 or under. So um, just having him on the field is going to be huge as well. And him and John Johnson have chemistry. Um, so and we have a, a hometown played. guy back. Yes. And they've played for, they didn't a get Super Bowl, but they played for yeah. one of these. And the other thing is, is Hill knows what it would mean to this city. If anybody in that locker room knows it is 100% Troy. Hill, there's no doubt about it. He is Corey Kinnon. Um, right now, um, Lion in the Weeds, um, hosting the uh, Nothing Rhymes with Orange podcast. Again, clever name, brilliant name. I always always enjoy my conversation with Corey because sometimes it's hard to match my tempo on Locked On Browns when people come on. Um, but if somebody can, it is certainly Corey Kinnon. Corey, again, always a pleasure. Make sure you're following at real Corey Kinnon, K-I-N-N-O-N-A-N? A-N. A-N, there you go, real at real Corey Kinnon, folks. Um, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, Apple, Spotify, and of course, Odyssey. Follow, subscribe, five star ratings, written reviews. And thank you guys. Appreciate all of that. Um, and, uh, you know, just everything that's gone on, you know, as far as with the show here and, you know, being off of Apple for 30 plus days, which was maddening. Um, all you guys have done to, you know, find other avenues and, and still, you know, keep us, you know, relevant. Again, I just cannot appreciate you guys more. Um, We had a big meeting here today with Locked On and obviously the people with Tegna uh, as far as, you know, the future plans of, you know, the network and all our shows. And I mean, I literally had to pause a couple of times myself because, you know, where this is headed from where this all started in 2017 with the Browns stink, but Miles Garrett is good and where this franchise is now. And it, it, if, you know, for the show itself, as far as, you know, the Browns are, you know, are blossoming, the opportunities for the podcast are as well. Um, but again, none of it would really mean a hill of beans if, without you guys listening. <laughs> so that's where it all comes out to us. Appreciate you all for that. Make sure you're following me uh, on Twitter. Uh, make sure you're following the show at Jeff underscore LJ Lloyd, the show at Lockdown Browns. Um, you know, obviously DMs are open, all that type of good stuff. Uh, but appreciate you guys. Um, and again, you know, we'll start a new week here. Um, you know, getting closer to, you know, voluntary slash mandatory OTAs. Maybe we'll get a little bit more action. Who knows? Uh, But until the next time, folks, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.